Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. everybody and welcome to the 138 Simpsons podcast the podcast that studies the Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond that's right we separate the wheat from the chaff and we examine that chaff my name is Steve and with me as always is the Laurel to my Hardy the Abbott to my Costello the Elton John to my singer songwriter Bernie Toppin Craig Craig how's it going hold on I'm just trying to digest okay I got caught off guard that's very sweet of you thank you I just thought I'd um Give a little, uh, I yeah. feel like you're the uh, R2D2 to my Chewbacca, you know. Okay, they're not really pals, they just see every once in a while, you know, every few episodes. They don't have sure. much interaction. Okay, do, do Chewbacca it's... and R2 ever interact? I feel like they probably they probably bitch at one another, they probably talk behind uh, CP3O's back, like talking about a drama queen. So, so we kind of are the Chewbacca and R2D2, then, right? We we yeah. talk about the Simpsons behind their back, uh-huh. all right, Steve, you're a furry, so. So you're the Chewbacca, and I guess I'll be the R2-D2, because I uh, have metal up your ass. Metal up in my ass, and uh, I like to go beep, boop, beep, boop a lot. Okay. How have you been this week, Steve? Um, I've been good. Uh, friend of the show, Timothy. Who should I say his last name? Friend of the show, Timothy. I think we've said it before. He's not, um, he's not he in a... this protection program, unless he is, and that's his new name. Oh, either way, he's not dead yet. So he was in town yet. for the weekend, and I was busy over the weekend, but he was nice enough to visit me at my store, and we had a couple beers, or he had a couple beers while I was working. <laughs> And uh, we chatted, and really cool guy, super nice, really great to meet him, and I look forward to uh, talking to him again. Um, and he had, like, a lot of great ideas about future projects and just a bunch of different things, and so it's just a really, really good time. So thanks, Timothy, for coming out and for all of your support. It's greatly appreciated from me and Craig. Craig, how was your week? Nothing really fun to report. I always wish there was a fun story to, to talk about, but, you know, nothing really happened this week. It was just a, a relaxing weekend and relaxing week. I maybe saw a deer, or did I? I probably didn't. Okay. I don't know what to add to this discourse. God. That's fine. You don't... <sighs> Let me think. I, I, how your week was like... I've been reading a book. Is that what fine? What book have you been reading? Shameless plug here. It's a little book called Vamp Town by Jeff Seats from Portland, Oregon here. It's about vampires, which I've never really read a book about vampires. The only reason I've been reading it, it's been out for about three years, and uh, the only reason I started reading it now is because I have guilt. Guilt? Yeah, because I'm kind of the creator of this story. Do tell. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, Liz, mm-hmm. uh, we came up with this idea, drunken bar idea, and... Uh, her father, Jeff, asked us to come in one day to his office and pitch this idea we had for Vamp Town. And we did, and we pitched ideas of the characters and story and sort of thing. And uh, two years later, he wrote a book about it, and we're credited in it. So uh, every time I see him, he's always uh, asking if I read it. And I haven't, and now I mm. have. I finished it up, and I actually really enjoyed it. And I think the reason why I hesitated about reading this book is because of, um, this is going to sound like you're my uh, shrink set here 
Mm-hmm. I think it's because it was an idea that I helped create. I didn't want to read it because I felt like no one's ever taken my idea seriously. And were you worried that he wasn't going to take it seriously or that you didn't know how to handle it if he was? He handled it in the way I would have handled it, which was hmm. it's not supposed to be super. It's a vampire story. So it's got to be cheesy. It's got to be goofy. And he did something that I, I totally appreciate. And I really enjoyed it. Um, it's mm-hmm. it turned out kind of how I envisioned it. There obviously there's some things that he liberties he took, which was fine because he wrote the damn thing. Because it's part of a, a series that he's writing called the Monster Keeper series. So the Vamp Town was the book one that uh, Liz and I uh, concocted, and the new book that just came out is called Blood City. His book two that that Liz and I never had anything to do with. So I think that's what I was looking forward to is like the sequel came out. I was like, well, I want to read this. I want to see where he's going because you know he's continued on with this story that we help spawn it's also fun because one of the main characters is named craig so other than that yes interesting i've been reading books well you should be proud that it's out there and that uh you're reading and that you know your work is out there i am proud of that i do know what i wanted to speak about besides reading we like to watch tv right yes so the other day we finished up dinner and it was it was about like an hour before we had to go to bed and try to turn something on we we don't watch because you know everything is is the seasons are done i know we'll get to Shit's creek we haven't started that but i know you went to that so i want to hear about that but before we do that i thought it was really funny like what we watch i don't know i turn on netflix and the first thing that comes up is an image of a man behind a dais a podium (laughs) it's gilbert goffrey dresses adolf hitler (laughs) and i said well i know we're watching and apparently this just dropped here. It's Jeff Ross, Roastmaster General. They did a, like a six-episode stint right now on Netflix. Original. It's it's a history roasted or roast history. So what it is is I don't know if you saw this or you know about this. I heard about it. I know of it. I haven't I haven't watched it yet though. But I am looking so forward to it. So what it is they do the 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 Jeff Ross era roasts. Which mm-hmm. Jeff Ross played Jeff Ross is still playing himself, but he comes out and they do roasts of like Abraham. Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., Muhammad Ali, Cleopatra, Freddie Mercury. And then there's like three people on the dais. And then uh, they'll have like a special guest. But for instance, like the Lincoln one was the first episode. Oh, and Frank was the one. So like they had Lincoln, but Lincoln was portrayed by uh, Bob Saget. And then um, <laughs> there was Harriet Tubman, which was played by, I'm not sure, I forget the actress's name, meaning that she was really good. Natasha Leggero comes out as Mary Todd Lincoln. Um, <laughs> and the uh, best part was John Stamos was John Wilkes Booth. It's funny. so funny too. Like the, He was dressed like, you know, they're dressed like that too. And the audience is dressed in period-appropriate clothing, too, which is kind of funny. I thought the funny part with that one was John Will- or uh, uh, Stainless was wearing an I Voted sticker. And, oh, yeah, so the Anne Frank one was pretty funny because that was Gilbert Gottfried dressed as Hitler, and it was, was Hitler. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so here's a little little review of it. They do – it's hard to decide if I like it or not because it's all okay. scripted, right? But it's a right. roast. So, so it's not like a roast. They, I mean, they do roast jokes. They do historical facts. With Mary Todd Lincoln, mm-hmm. they mention how she was kind of bonkers. They mentioned a mm-hmm. lot of like in a like insinuation of that Lincoln was gay. Here's what I would say: like they, you could show this to like a high school history class to get out the facts that you don't get, but you probably couldn't because they swear, right? <laughs> right. The only things that that really bother me is like when they make the jokes and it's the people are la- reacting, like the people on the dais are are laughing at that because they they already 
already know what's happening, so it's not genuine when like you watch an actual mm-hmm. roast. So that could be a little cringy. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I'll still check it out though. It sounds like an the, interesting you know, premise. I like. They're the only idea thirty minutes long. I think it's more of a it's drunk history meets the roasts. That's all it is. And so I yeah. think that's what Jeff Ross was thinking. He's like, well, drunk history, what for one is like superior. It's such mm-hmm. a great show. Well, that's a great yeah. program. Yeah. yeah, I guess you have to be the mindset. Like you know, these are jokes and they're setups, but it, they play like the roasts where I don't know. Hmm. You have to watch it. I will check right. it out. What about this Shit's Creek? Oh, okay, so yeah, it was it was a really nice show. Um, evidently, the show that they did last night was the biggest crowd that they've had yet. They sold out the Keller Auditorium, so that's like three thousand people. And the night prior, they were in L.A. and Paula Abdul was on the stage for some reason. It had all of the principal cast, and they took some audience questions, had some video clips, and there's some music. It was a really good show. Uh, very heartwarming. They got a lot of standing ovations. Catherine O'Hare was there. All around, it's a really, really fun time. Did you ask any questions? I did not. How were how were your seats? Were you, were you but, a balcony monster or no? We were in the uh, orchestra on the left. They were good. There wasn't really a bad seat to be had, but they were good. The usher was really adamant about phone use, though. Like twenty minutes before the show started, we were sitting down, and they came down three times on our on our row. Alone three times to tell people to get off the phone. Yeah, so that was weird. But other than that, it was a great experience. I I understand the phone things now. I know a lot a lot of comedy clubs. We'll do the bag with the place your phone mm-hmm. in there, which is fine. I, I totally understand that because you don't want people to leak your material. Because comedians, I get that, but no, because comedians are working this. They have an hour that they're trying to make, and they go to from club to club doing this act, and then once they film it, they're done with that act. It's over. I absolutely respect that, and I couldn't be a bigger proponent of what you're saying. But 20 minutes before the show starts, I'd say ease up a little bit. I guess you're right. I remember. I w- uh, and also, I was going to say they should be filming, but these people. <clears throat> these people were not doing an hour of stand-up. They were doing basically a clip show and a Q&A. Okay. So it's not exactly the same. So but still, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have my phone out during it. But some jerks would. Yeah. So it wasn't like a, they didn't act out like a, an episode or... Nope. They just kind of talked about the making of the show, the auditions, and then, you know, Eugene Levy is just so naturally funny. And so is his son, Dan, uh, that just watching them interact is a good enough show. Like, And then the rest of the cast and like... It, it was all around just to watch people that you've seen on TV and you kind of love. You know, you get to see more of them, and that's always a nice thing. Hey, yeah, Catherine O'Hare, Eugene Levy, their performance in like A Mighty Wind. It's one of the best performances I think I've ever seen. Like, they're so good in that movie. Yeah, and they mentioned that yeah, last night. Oh, really? Yeah, they talked about that. They talked about them on SCTV. Yeah. They talked about them on Best in Show and, you know, how they played couples. I know like A Mighty Wind doesn't get as much credit as it deserves. I think, you know, a lot of people, like, I think. Be- Best in shows, like, majority of people like those, that Christopher Guest movie, the best. I mean, Waiting for Government for me is my favorite. Mm-hmm. But Mighty Wind, I think, one, you get Spinal Tap is reunited as the folks, man. Mm-hmm. I like those those first, or, oh, those 90s Christopher Guest movies. I really enjoy the heart of A Mighty Wind, and I just didn't like the weird turn that Harry Shearer took at the end. <laughs> Other than that, I thought it was all around. Yes, that was interesting yeah it didn't seem earned but you're right, you're that, right i thought the movie had a lot of heart to it 
like maybe more heart than best in show. We don't talk about for your consideration, do we? I tried it. I want to like it, but I don't. I know. I, I, I remember we saw that together in the theaters, like thinking like, oh, this is it. This is like the, going to be the greatest thing ever. And is it just stick with the mockumentary style for Chris? I think so. I mean, maybe we need to revisit. That. I would like to. Um, Maybe we missed like maybe our age and our expectations. Y- we're not right for that. At you the might time. be right. I remember I was at a, uh, a second or like a used CD DVD store a while back and they had like the dollar bin DVDs mm-hmm. and for your consideration was there. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy this. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to buy it. It's like, <laughs> it's a dollar. But nah, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> well, that sounds like Shit's Creek was fun for you, Steve. Yeah, we had a good time. Should we get in the mindset of uh, where we were at when this episode of The Simpsons aired? Yes. Let's see. Where were we? Or when were we? I do believe we were at March 11th, 2012. Craig, what were the tops at the box office at the time? Well, coming in at number 10 was Journey to the Mysterious Island. So there was a movie called oh. Journey 1, because it's Journey number 2, the Mysterious Island. I've never even heard of this. Is that Escape to Witch Mountain? Oh, or Journey? It, it might have been like a rock movie. I think it might be. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, that's The Rock. Yep. Also has Michael Caine, Louise Guzman, and Brands Kobe Richmond, whoever that is. Oh, from that show. It's got Michael Caine. Okay. Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, number nine is uh, This Means War. Oh. Uh, number eight is The Vow. Uh, number seven was Safe House. Hmm? I don't remember any of these movies. I, I, I remember hearing of them, but yeah. not actually watching them. Uh, where are we at? Number six was More Than A Hundred Words. It was A Thousand Words. Number five was House. Silent House. Yeah. That's no words at all. Nope. Number four, Act Up. Valor. Woo! Uh, number three was the prequel to the X-Men people. No, it was a movie with Matthew Broderick and That's right. <laughs> Project X. Number three... All these movies so far, have I've never seen them. Surprise, surprise. Number, uh, number two, the prequel to John Wick, where he got married to uh, Mrs. Wick. It was uh, John Carter, which I I remember uh, that was supposed to be like a big franchise because it's like the uh, the John Carter movies were, were like George Lucas was influenced by those Spielberg, you know, like John mm-hmm. Carter of Mars, and yeah, that movie bombed. It was the first. It was the it opening did. week for that movie. And it only made thirty million. I think that was it. And the number one. From the creators of Despicable Me comes the world of Dr. Seuss as you've never seen it before. Dr. Seuss's The Lorax. So who invited the giant furry peanut? I'll go right up your nose. Whoa! You wouldn't hit a woman. That's a woman? The whole movie is about environmental, right? And right. They had a whole campaign about a car with a Lorax. I I think I remember <laughs> so that. Yeah. It was uh, it was detrimental, I think. Which is weird because you know it's not like a parent's gonna be like, oh, I took my kid to see this <laughs> animated movie where I can sleep for an hour and a half. But oh, that car that they're advertising, I gotta get that. Yeah. So I'm gonna say it was the these movies suck. Yeah. Fuck. I'm fuck agree March with movies. you. Um, how about music? What were you we listening to? Was there anything good? Well, number ten is Starships by Nicki Minaj. Number nine is Young, Wild, and Free by Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, featuring Bruno Amaras. Number eight, Turn Me On by David Guetta, featuring Nicki Minaj. Uh, who is it? David what? David Guetta? Who? Guetta? Is that not <laughs> Guetta? Know, as long as you keep saying that. Okay. Uh, number seven, Good Feeling by Flo Rida. Florida. Number six is We Found Love by Rihanna, featuring Calvin Harris. We've talked about how his name is not a good rap name. <laughs> um, number five, Craig, I'm Glad You Came. <laughs> By the Wanted. 
Um, number four was Part of Me by Katy Perry. Um, the part where you came? I suppose so. But it's okay, because we are young, featuring Fun and Janelle Monet. I hate that song a lot. We are fun. Is that how it goes? Something like that, yes. Uh, number two is Set Fire to the Raid by Adalia. Yes. Dude, you're getting Adele. <laughs> uh, number one is Stronger, What Doesn't Kill You, in parentheses, by Kelly Clarkson. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger Stand a little taller I think the, the well, I think that, the music was better than the movies. I think you're right, though. I mean, Mar- Marsh is it's not really my bad. No, Marsh is always like a shit show for movies. It's true. It's a hard time of year because it's not the holidays are over. Summer's not here yet, and people are working and doing stuff. And what are you gonna do? You can't see a movie. You're too busy with your life. You've got the jobs and St. Patty's Day to plan. They're creeping up more with the summer blockbuster movies now because didn't like the Avengers movie come out in like April? So yeah, I think March in in five years, March is gonna be the the movie month, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. I I enjoy going to the movies. You know, I realized last week was it last episode or the episode before that I said I went to see John Wick three, and I never mm-hmm. told you how I felt about it. <laughs> Oh. So here's my review. It's fucking awesome. Okay. So there, that's my review. It's kind of what I've heard is that it's just really awesome. It's the, and, the first 40 yeah. minutes, first 20 minutes, pretty intense. Yeah. So there's my review. So do I have to edit this into the, I think we already aired the, this episode. Oh. I think so. Yeah. So time. Keep <sighs> on ticking. Slipping, slipping into the future. All right. Well, my cat's yelling for some reason. I think it's past my bedtime. Well, yeah. So I think we should take a break. You should watch some Simpsons and take care of your Wait, cat. what are we watching? We are watching How I Wait your mother the 16th episode of the 23rd season in a parody of christopher nolan's inception following a traumatic incident homer's bedwetting problem worsens and his family plans to infiltrate his dreams to its subconscious source sounds fun i should probably watch it i would hope you do all right well let's go take a break we'll be right back what doesn't kill you makes you And we're back. Today we are talking about How I Wet Your Mother. It is episode 16 of season 23, originally aired March 11th, 2012. It is number 502 in the show's run. Your nerd code is P-A-B-F-O-8. It was written by Billy Kimball and Ian Maxto Graham, directed by Max Kramer. And your showrunner is Al Jean. So a little about Billy Kimball, one of the writers here. Uh, he's written nine episodes. Mm-hmm. And co-wrote eight with Ian okay. Max, Max Tone Graham. Um, he was also the head writer for the 88th Academy Awards in 2016 and a writer for the Whoa. 89th Academy Awards in 2017. So he must have got demoted. Eh. One of these years might have been, uh, I don't know, was that like when Jimmy Kimmel hosted? Those were pretty good. Or it could have been, yeah. I mean, there's no link here on the Wikipedia for me to hit. could have been the Seth MacFarlane year. Ooh, that was yeah. That. I liked it. It was okay. He People he's fine. Too much crap about hosting the Oscars. Like it's a, a thankless job. They don't get paid it's true. much. Actually, this last year with the no host was 
perfectly fine. And they totally okay with it. I think, right? Um, he's yeah. also got an Emmy Awards for uh, Veep. Ooh, popular show he got that a I cannot get into. Award for best documentary. His Simpson episode, Twenty Four Minutes, received an Annie Award in two thousand seven for best writing and animated television program. He had a long association with former Senator Al Franken. Oh, that's good uh, he was the executive producer of Indecision ninety two. I remember those Indecision specials in Comedy Central. Yep, producer mm-hmm. of the Al Franken Show on Air America Radio. Oh yeah, I used to listen to that fervently. He's probably also on Late Line. Was yes. he not? Okay, I was in short lived sitcom that somebody bought for bought a DVD set for my birthday and I get emotional about it or I just need to clear my throat but uh, yeah uh, he co-wrote the 2010 documentary Waiting for Superman about the failures of the American public education seems like a oh, yeah. documentary you like yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw it it was um, anyways yeah. that's uh, so oh the episodes that he co-wrote with with uh, Ian Maxton Graham were uh, The Yellow Badge of Cowards yeah me Clunky. or no, the uh, title. Dark Knight Court, How I Wet Your Mother, mm. The Scorpion's Tale, The Color uh-huh. Yellow, Gone Maggie Gone, Dangerous Curves, Smoke on the Daughter, and 24 Minutes. Any okay. of those episodes ring a bell? I remember the 24 Minutes because it was a take on yeah. the show 24, the, and the, it was shown maybe in real time or kind of real time. Yeah, it was, and I feel like, was Dangerous Curves? No. I was going to say, was that when Marge gets the breast implants? That's what yeah. I was thinking, yeah, but I'm not exactly sure. Um, but Ian Maxtone Graham, he's got another illustrious career, wrote on SNL, and he is credited oh. as the co-writer for the Hanukkah song with Adam Sandler. Oh, classic, yeah. And also, he is wrote the infamous Canteen Boy sketch with Alec Baldwin. That's it a is. classic. Uh, very uh, inappropriate now. For sure, but still funny. Um, so he had some of the SNL, but has been writing credits for The Simpsons quite some time, actually, starting with Burns Baby Burns, 1996. Well, with, uh, isn't that... Uh, Rod- uh, yeah. The Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, the City yeah. of New York versus Homer Simpson, which is, okay. I think, some fans consider the beginning of the end. This is yeah. my thought. Uh, Trouble with Trillions. Uh, here, yeah. Trilly, Trilly, Trilly. With the Trilly yep. Dollar Bill, yep. Castro. They're full of what? <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Trash of the Titans was the 200th episode, which finally got I Steve that Martin episode. in there. Yeah. Lisa gets an A. E-I, E-I, Annoyed Grunt. Alone Again, Natural mm-hmm. Diddly. Is that the one where yep, Ahmad dies? It is. So, wow, he's got, uh, yeah. Quite a career. I mean, there's obviously more here. The blunder, <clears throat> the blunder Years, Large Marge. It was Large Marge, maybe, the one with the breast implants. It is. It is. Large Marge <laughs> is the one with the breast implants. Not okay. Dangerous Curves. There you go. There's your writers. Cool. Ian Max Tom Graham and uh, with Billy Campbell, or Billy Kimball. Nice. So this episode that we're talking about today is a straight-up parody of... Uh, inception in the middle of 2010 but the episode that we're talking about came out in march of 2012 so like a year and a half or so time apart which i feel like in the 80s or the early 90s would have been totally fine but in our culture today might have felt like oh yeah that movie from a year and a half ago well steve that i mean that's the way the animation process takes it takes like a year for them just to produce an episode so when yeah the, when the writers are writing this you know i'm assuming it's fresh off their mind they watch inception they write it down they get the story but then it won't be till the next season where they can you know do the table read and then it's gonna be like you know another six months to animate it that's the way yeah it's always been they're always you know a year and a half to two years behind what's currently the pop culture yeah i just think they would they should take that in mind 
when they're making an episode and don't do because like in this day and age movies don't have the same weight as they did 15 years ago where when a movie comes out we don't talk about it for six months like think about like when that the 1989 batman came out or when jurassic park came out or even pulp fiction we talked about it for like a solid year and we were making references to it but now what movie out three months ago i mean avengers endgame in the time period we're at right but are we going to be talking about that tomorrow oh i am probably not i talk well, about yeah, it every day with nerd. my cat and is she no, interested <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. She seems more like into indie films and like. Uh, she's really into indie films. She likes uh, Temple of Doom a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. She likes monkey uh, brains. I feel like The Simpsons have been doing this for so long. Just the movie parodies. It, yeah, we're gonna have to wait two years, but. You know, I also think Inception kind of was talked about for quite some time back in 2010. Maybe. I just, it, it's, it's just like one of my biggest pet peeves about these like more modern episodes, which, you know, I know that this one's like seven years <laughs> it old. It still but, feels modern, yeah. Yeah, but this like, it's hard to like keep on top of things if you're referencing pop culture because, you know, the timeline is so short. So maybe try going classic, like a Schwalderian because he always took yeah. the timey things. But here we are. So we're just... also in that area too with, with, south park and their turnaround time is six days so they can be on right. top of current news and be an animated show mm-hmm. Simpsons is just more i think more i don't know yeah it, it's tough um i totally understand anyway let's start with the episode the title gag is santa's little helper catching a frisbee in the sky and then falls from the screen and then we cut straight to the couch gag where the family runs towards the couch but then they lie on a rug or what appears to be a rug and then large cartoon hands roll them up and chop them up into sushi but Maggie remains intact. What do you think of this, Craig? Well, I'm glad that Maggie survived the cutting of the sushi. <laughs> I don't want a, a baby in my mouth. Who does? I don't know. It's fine. It was a little grotesque, I think, when you could, you could actually look at the individual. Yeah, hit the biceps. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that. I like that it was quick and it was creative. So, yeah. Well, the whole intro is very quick. So that means we got actually a longer story. So there yeah. we go. So with Smithers going through several security precautions to gain access to the supply closet for one single standard sized paperclip. As he's doing that, a plutonium rod falls off into the ground, rolls, and props the door open. Did you see some of the uh, funny uh, labels on the supplies? Yeah, what do we have in there? We have pants, comma, emergency. <laughs> I like putty, silly, and then putty, mm-hmm. serious. For all your putty needs. <laughs> Homer pushes it open, encouraging all the staff to steal the supplies that they could easily afford. Crew of the plant goes hogwild, and the day closes with the whole crew and their newfound booty. Did you ever work for a company where you would take the supplies that you can easily afford? For sure. I think we all have, right? Yeah, I mean, there's just something nice about being like, oh, don't worry about it, I can get it to work. Right, it's, uh, oh, you needed a new uh, monitor for computer? Sure, I could get that to work. You need a new uh, yeah. vending machine? I could get that to work. You need a new baby? Well, I work at a, <laughs> a hospital. A hospital. Yeah, put it in my bag and it'll be fine. I like how there's that one guy who takes his orange safety helmet and then turns it upside down mm-hmm. to draw a jack lantern on it. It reminded me of the uh, McDonald's. This might be a very specific memory, but in the 80s, around Halloween time, McDonald's would always have their Happy Meal and you got it in a bucket that was, there was like a witch that was green and a ghost that was white and a jack lantern that was orange and then you were supposed to go trick-or-treating with it but it's way too small for any reasonable trick-or-treater but that's what it looked like to me yeah it's a sweet memory yeah those those orange buckets that you get as a kid like they were only good when you were like five right when you got to serious candy 
candy grabbing at what age age eight <laughs> yeah you had to do the pillowcase right exactly because i think the first couple of years you're in it for the experience of trick-or-treating you know you're excited about the costume you're excited to just be out on the town visiting other people's houses but then as you get older it's not about that you're just the costume is a means to an end you're just looking for candy as much candy as you can get because you only have like two or three years to get that candy we should do a uh, an adult well not halloween but yeah like a adult trick-or-treat you have to be 21 or over where um, you go to houses and they give you out little booze bottles okay yeah like tiny booze bottles yeah. butt plugs whatever adults this, use this sounds uh this sounds legal yeah you just said yeah. booze and butt plugs that's that's your favorite booze well i was i was just thinking of compact things that adults <laughs> can give to other adults booze butt and plugs. you know like and like starbucks gift cards i was trying to think of another b so we call it the triple b oh yeah baked ham <laughs> Mmm, who doesn't love baked ham? Everything you can shove up your ass. <laughs> Booze, butt plugs, baked ham. Mm-hmm. No one ever says baked ham. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> there was a business called Honey oh, Baked Ham. Hold on, bananas. You can shove there you up go. Your ass. Yeah, and they're full of potassium, and they fight depression, supposedly, so they're a triple threat. Well, so do those <laughs> mushrooms that uh, Colorado's trying to pass, right? It's true, and I'm, I'm, I've not done them, but I'm all for that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. All right, back All to right. the episode. Okay, so Burns steps out of the plant as everyone's leaving, and he needs help opening a bottle of Mother Wolf placenta, and Homer sees him and speeds off, and the rest of the crew are all caught. Oh, Lenny, why would you steal my bear? I just wanted something to cuddle at night. That's my cuddle bear. I loved him. I shot him. He's mine. And they're scolded at the assembly the power plant has the next day. It has come to my attention that you lunch-bagging wage lizards are robbing me blind. If you paid us better, we wouldn't have to steal. You don't even work here. What? You mean I've been calling in sick for nothing? That might not be here tomorrow, that's for sure. Burns praises Homer for not stealing, and he gives Homer the day off while making everyone else write an essay about the moral Lone Star who is Homer Simpson. We then cut to Homer with his son Bart fishing. I can't believe you got all your friends in trouble and you got the day off. Hey, it's called karma. Isn't karma where if you do something bad, bad things happen to you? <laughs> a common misconception. Suck it, karma! Yeah! I'm talking to you, karma! <laughs> Karma's a bitch, karma! The next day, Homer wakes up to find that he has wet the bed. I wet the bed! The one embarrassing thing I've never done! So he attempts to wash the soiled sheets. Thinking it was a one-time event, Homer wakes up to find that, once again, he has wet himself again. This time, even more so. Oh, why can't I cork my wang wine? That time was really gross because it was, like, up to his chest, like the pee line. And I was just really grossed out by that. I think it's, you know, he drinks a lot of beer at night and, uh... That's fair. He just goes to bed before he goes pee, and so maybe it just builds up. Yeah. Well, he envisions a six-armed Apu who explains karma to him and then uses the imaginary Apu as a pillow. And then Homer throws an apology barbecue, and some random woman is talking to Lenny and Carl and offers exposition about, hey, it's an apology barbecue, the best one, which felt a little clunky. Well, they, they set it up with... Uh... Lenny being like, who are you? So Yeah, so they're aware that it's clunky, but they yeah. didn't do, really do anything to fix it up. So Homer's made a very elaborate Homer pinata, including a functioning heart, <laughs> which Carl goes to town on. And then, feeling that he's been forgiven, Homer assumes that he'll awake to dry sheets. But Homer wakes, and yet again, he has urinate nocturnally. He's looking for a p- solution, so he uh, 
goes to the Internet for Old People, the Springfield Yellow Pages. I like that, the Internet for Old People. Yeah. It's kind of funny that he's looking at the Yellow Pages because Jaren is, if you're not fully hydrated, yellow. Yeah, but the Yellow Pages are a thing you call the phone book. Maybe you you maybe you do, Grandpa, but I haven't used the Yellow Pages in a decade. Do you still get the Yellow Pages on your doorstep every once in a while? Yes, mysteriously. <sighs> In the dead of night, and I just like, ah, something I have to Yeah, it literally goes straight to the recycling bed in plastic bag. Yeah. Like, all right, well, thanks for giving me your recyclables, because I'm going to put it in my recycle. I I don't know. I don't know the last time I cracked open the the old yellow pages. Yeah, it's it's been a while. It's just a real waste of paper at this point. Yeah, it needs to end. They should print them, but only request. Yeah, I mean, if you're like a sweet old person who needs to look up phone numbers, that's totally fine. You have your landline, go for it. But I feel like most of us don't need it, and so we should just save the paper. Save the trees, save the planet. That's right. Save the cheerleader. Welcome to Hero. Heroes Podcast Season 1 only. That was the only good season. There's a character named Hero on um, Heroes. I never watched it. And that ends my knowledge of You watched Hero. that show, I think, right? I, I did thought not. you did for some reason. Nope. Is Zach Levi yeah. on it? No. Or, yeah. Zachary, Eli Zachary Quinto. Quinto. Spock. Okay. Those three are all in my head, and they're all the same person. All right. Okay. Uh, so Homer finds Shameful Eddie's, the embarrassing problem superstore, <laughs> and uh, there he buys the Uralarm, a urine detection device. Homer Simpson, you forgot your receipt for your adult bedwetting product. Homer Simpson, are you there? And as Marge flosses for the night, he installs the device, and he's like, that's what they call uh, looking out for number one. The alarm goes off in the middle of the night, waking up the whole family. Kids, there's something I have to tell you. Your mother and I are wetting the bed. We're wetting the bed? Hey, when you were pregnant, everything was we. Homer then buys Confidence Man adult diapers, and we see Homer and Marge attempt cuddle time, but Marge is turned off by Homer's diaper. I'm sorry, homie. A diaper just isn't sexy. What about Cupid? He's smoking hot. He's a baby with wings. Marge, it's not the diaper. It's what's inside. That's just not doing it for me. Oh. Marge is out for a late night stroll where she runs into Professor Frank, who has heard about Homer's pee problem because it was tweeted by Bart and retweeted by Krusty. And- Sorry, is it weird in the age of The Simpsons where, like, the word tweet and the, the modern lingo, I don't know. Yeah, it is kind of weird. It's also weird. And that, cr- that Krusty's following Bart. Right, her. it's, I like that. Krusty, uh, he loves this town. He's at every town yeah. meeting, he's... Very active in the community. Very active in the community. He, you think he doesn't care about But without, you know, without Springfield, he doesn't have an audience, so... Yeah, is, is Krusty popular anywhere else? I think it might be a local, like... There might be, like, some outskirts of Shelbyville that get the, t- the show, but I think most of his bread and butter come from Springfield. But he also... Talks about how he, you know, is big in Hollywood at some times, right? That's true. Know. He was, uh, I forgot what the clown was he was based off, but he was based off a Portland clown. It was Rusty Nails, because I thought that's a horrible name for anything. <laughs> that was before our time. That was when Matt Groening grew up. We had yeah. Ramblin' Rod. That's who our guy was. Ah, uh, yes. I was just going to bring him up. So for those of you outside of Portland, he was a guy who wore a smock, and that smock had a lot of buttons on it. And the idea of the show was when you're in the audience, you gave him buttons, like funny buttons, on, and you'd pin them on. He would show cartoons. And then they would show people who had birthdays, and that's all I remember. The, of the smile show. contest. Oh, uh, yes. 
Uh, were you ever on Ramblin' Rod? I was not, but about every friend that I ever had Did was. Did you have any siblings you? that were? No, my siblings are way older. They were. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, they were in law school by then. <laughs> uh, yeah, my sister was on. I wasn't, though. Okay. But yeah, they would just, yeah, they would just send, uh, they would show, like, what, like, Woody Woodpecker cartoons, uh, anything that was Yeah, cheap, or cheap, Popeye. like, I'm sure they showed Looney Tunes. I don't know yeah. if they ever showed Looney Tunes. I think I've been too much money. Perhaps. I just remember that the outro music was uh, Straight Up by Paul Abdul. What? Yeah, so like when they'd cut commercial, it'd go doot, doot, and it was Paul Abdul's song. And it was just, they would just use the instrumental part, and I always thought that was I'd have to look into that. We'll do a deep dive here in a little bit, but uh, let's just... In the Ramblin' Rodcast. (laughs) Flows off the tongue. Hey kids, I'm Ramblin' Rod, reminding you to take good care of your ears. You know, your ears are very sensitive to loud noises, so don't turn up your stereo headphones full blast or sit by loudspeakers. Always clean your ears very carefully each time that you take a bath or shower, and never stick foreign objects down in the ear canal. Remember, permanent hearing loss could result if you don't take care of your ears. Frank knows of Homer's pee problem, and it turns out that he's invented a machine that allows one to enter another person's dreams, kind of like Inception. Mm. And in fact, it worked on one guy named Normal Stu. So back at the Simpsons home, the family is all hooked up to the device, and we enter Homer's dream, where he's an intermediate skier who's chased by a ski patrol, who is the specter of death, hauling a coffin with the word marriage on it. The family skis off a cliff, and because Frank ne- uh, neglected to install the latest Adobe Acrobat update, the family can die in their sleep also hell is real it's real and we're all going there that's true which i assume you know if there is a hell you know we're all going to hell next up we get lisa she suggests that dreams have rules and that they all should fall asleep so they enter someone else's dream and then bart dances a bunch but again it's the inception thing enter one's yeah. dreams and i think i only saw inception once i think me too hashtag <laughs> I don't know if it's one of those movies I'd revisit. Yeah, it was stunning the first time. Afterwards, I was like, I enjoyed that film. I never need to see it it's again. The, the, the ending's kind of obvious, you know, when you're coming to it. It's like, okay, we're it's going to end with, like, did he or didn't he wake? At least they parried you this. Or did they? Spoilers, let's find out. So we see a uh, cruelly drawn Tracy Ullman-era Simpsons family visiting a family therapist by the name of B.F. Sherwood. Bart is making faces at Lisa. And Homer's voice is that of Walter Matthau. So it's a nice homage to the original Tracy Ullman It was fun seeing that scene uh, because, you know, it was still in the HD. So they had to, like, animate it into, you know, the current HD standards, but with the original uh, animation characters. Yeah, it was crappy in a fancy way. They did the voices. Even Bart and Lisa, like, all the voices were honed back to, like, 1987 era. Yeah, and I love the animation of Bart's faces, like, where he pulls down his bottom so like, good. jaw because it's just so indicative of that era. I love it. Good job on the animation animators. In the uh, therapist's office, they explore the marriage coffin and find it to be overflowing with fish. In fact, the entire room is filling with fish. So then they go to Lisa's dream, which is a Shakespearean stage. But because they don't like what Lisa does, that's short-lived and we enter Homer's most inner thoughts and desires, including Keggy, uh, Homer's uh, sexy creature that has arms and legs of a human Marge's hair, duff keg for a body, and a pizza slice for a tongue. Do you think that was hot, um, Craig? Yeah. I mean, I know that you haven't had beer in a while, but you can't deny a good sexy uh, keg. On vacation, I did buy a 12-pack of Michelob Ultra Light, which is only 2.5. Oh. And uh, drank some beer. Oh, made some, some dogs. barbecue in. 
Yeah, Ooh. I was living it up. I do love beer, but wow, the that's... idea of a keg and a pizza tongue and probably the perfect woman right there, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not really into the hairstyle, but... Uh, no, but that's Homer's like specific fetish. Do, so. do you need a... I'm not really into donuts as much, so I don't care for the donut ears. Oh, yeah. His entire... Well, we're getting to that now. His entire dream city with all the food and... Uh, yeah, yeah, they're all made of food, beer, and bowling pins and remote controls. It's... it's... It's, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind visiting that world. They should make one in uh, Universal Studios. They call it Homer World. Don't want to bore you there. Um, <laughs> so the streets become vertical. And in the most blatant nod to Inception, they like kind of walk up the streets. And then a large headed apu gives bacon his change in a fantasy quickie mart. The mothers, including Ahmad Flanders, who's oh dead, weird, are for drunk driving. And Flanders is decimated by his own lawnmower. Hi, diddly ho, dream team. Ah, where's my god now? <laughs> so I get all that, but like, does that mean that Homer's like big fantasy is to drive drunk? <laughs> I don't know, but in the in the protester scene here, we got uh, Agnes, unknown, uh-huh. Luann, unknown, and then behind unknown is is Maud. Weird, but then Lovejoy, Wiggum, for some reason Brandine. Oh, and Brandine, then, uh, yeah. Quimby, or not Quimby, but Hibbert's wife. But yeah, huh. I, I think Maud was obscured. Uh, just, yeah, I think they just had to use like characters. And maybe that she's like in the back of his mind because that one he, time that he stared at her breasts. Well, also he's a kind of the cause for her death. That's true. Uh, which we haven't got to on this episode yet or season yet. So series. That's true. Um, I do yeah. like that Bart saying like, "Why? Why is Flanders here?" It was literally the the lawnmower, but it was Flanders' lawnmower that ran <laughs> him over. Yeah, kind of gruesome. It was like the way that like, "Where's my God now?" with his lips. Yeah, right. Enough. So while Marge is trying to resolve the issues, Homer wants to stay in this Disneyland of himself forever. So he runs to Mr. Simpson's Wild Ride, where we see various iterations of him, including. Mr. Plow, Pie Man, King-sized Homer, and King Kong Homer. We then cut back to reality with uh, Chief Wiggum bursting in through uh, the Simpsons' house to stop Frink and his dream device. Unplug these people, Dr. Kurt Dorkian. Oh, you foolish man. If I unhook them now, I won't know if this is safe to use on chimps. All right, I'll do it myself. Give me that. Give me a call. Hide This results in a struggle resulting in the machine falling. That causes the Dreamland to fall in it on itself, and the Simpsons are about to be crushed to death by the gears of an oversized hot dog roller. <laughs> we then cut back to a Matrixy showdown between Frank and Wiggum, and then see the Simpsons checking in on their various dream well, states. Well, so. it wasn't really Matrix-y. It was Inception-y. That was how the Inception movie worked. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, Matrix obviously paved the way for that whole 360 fight type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then Death flies in on a jetpack and takes the family to safety. Death then admits that it's not actually Death and removes its head to reveal that it's the face of Mona Simpson. Thank you, Death. And may I ask, what's taking so long with Larry King? I am not... Death. Mom? Grandma! Mona, you're alive? No, but I live on in Homer's dreams. Just like my hair. That's Jennifer Aniston's hair on Friends. Exactly like Chandler, always criticizing. 
Have we talked about this yet in this episode that last week Frank played? Yeah, it's really interesting. Mona played part. Huh. Mm-hmm. And also we have that kind of remembering memories of past in that episode with Grandpa and the drugs. Yeah. And here we have, we're diving deep into the consciousness of Homer and his memories, including Abe's relationship with Mona. Oh, so, yeah. I, I wanted to bring that up about, um, I guess we could wait till we're done with the episode. Final okay. thoughts. We'll do that. So Grandma Simpson takes them to a theater showing a film of young Grandpa and a young childish Homer fishing. Homer's concerned about Abe and Mona fighting, and then Abe gets a bite and Homer's super excited. He jumps up and down, tipping the boat over, and so Abe saves Homer by the return fishless. Modern-day Homer surmises that not bringing home any fish is the reason that his mother left the family, and him taking Bart rekindled that memory, thus the bedwetting. Pathetic. A kid who can't keep his parents' marriage together is no kid at all. It's true. I failed the basic duty of childhood. And since that filled the two criteria on Marge's <laughs> list of marriage and fish, Marge is also satisfied with this result. But Mona has another film to show. Uh, it shows Abe bringing Homer to her and feeling that Homer is in good hands. She can pursue her career as a rebellious hippie. You know how Marge writes down marriage and fish in her notebook? Mm-hmm. Doesn't that go back to the time when they went to couples counseling, marriage counseling, and he they were trying to save them? marriage but he was out trying to get a fish wasn't Whoa. that supposed to be the uh i had not thought about that that's a really good catch it, it would jeez, <laughs> oh, full puns yeah they could have uh march could have been like there could have been like a fun little joke where she's like oh, i thought it was that time there where we went to counseling and you're trying to get the fish such a good march uh but yeah that's a really good observation i think you're right that there's definitely a connection there i still think it's fun that mona was in the last two episodes it's like she's almost a regular character for our, our podcast right now and, you know, especially since she's only been in four yeah, episodes, we, so we've already covered <laughs> half of them. And we won't even cover the, the original one. Right, so we just have one more Moan episode to go. <laughs> we'll get there. I'm sure she'll be in more episodes. Glenn Close isn't dead yet. No. Yet. She's close. Why is Cletus in... That, I wonder, too, like... And she complains... He complains about... So, Mona, like, are they banging? Like, Roll the film. Kiss yeah, me. So, is Mona banging Cletus in Homer's dreams? So, is that what Homer wants to see? His mom make out with a hillbilly? <laughs> Homer's messed up. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know, Homer. What are you thinking about, dude? I'm <laughs> thinking about donuts and incest porn. <laughs> It is all the rage these days, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, at least for this issue, Homer's then cured and uh, comforted by the fact that their childhood, him, Mona, and Abe will always be in his memories, along with movie trivia, like the fact that Stanley Kubrick wanted to play Robin Williams in The Shining. Ronald Reagan was going to star in Casablanca. And then this one I know is true, is that there was a Grease 2, yeah. and John Travolta wasn't in it. We then wake up from the various dreams, like the unincept all the dreams, and Homer is dry. Come on, everybody! Feel Daddy's underpants! We'll take your word for it. Marge then tells Homer to spin a top, and if it keeps going, they're dreaming forever. So the top spins, and they see that it's spinning, and so they decide to go out for a naked bike ride. And once outside, the spin, the top immediately stops spinning, and uh, it starts to hail, and then they're hit by a truck. <laughs> and that's the end of The Simpsons. They're all dead. <laughs> we'll just Marge and uh, I like how Marge is game for getting naked and riding a bike. She yeah. should uh, come to Portland and do the naked bike ride, right? Exactly. I mean, it's a yearly event, and I'm sure she'd be it's welcome. It's not just in Portland, though. I think it's like a world thing. Yeah, I feel like we may have like the biggest outcome, though, just because people here like bikes and they like being naked. I, it, I feel like San Francisco probably has it over us still. Maybe. It is very hilly there, though. I wouldn't want to ride a bike naked. I wouldn't want to ride a bike naked, period. Well... 
Yeah. I mean, I don't want sweaty buttholes and <laughs> the credits roll and we hear Glenn Close singing with uh David Byrne and they are singing Dream Operator and that's the episode. Uh, was that was that recorded just for this episode then? I do believe huh. so. Interesting. Okay. Um let's talk about some things that we uh, glossed over. Robin uh, the Robin Williams for Stanley Kubrick. I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting because it was Dan Castellaneta doing Robin Williams' voice, which is kind of an inception because Dan Castellaneta did the GD voice for, you know, after the first Aladdin movie did the sequel, Return to Jafar for Robin Williams because Robin Williams didn't want to do it and mm-hmm. the animated series. So there you go. That's some fun inception, right? That's very good. When we, when we see Homer and Abe in flashbacks and in previous episodes, he's always resentful to Homer. And always kind of treats him like shit. But this mm-hmm. was when still Mona and Abe were a couple and married. And the love that Abe actually gave towards Homer in this episode, even though like Homer fucked up, he was like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. He's very patient I with I think him. this added to the continuity of, of, of like why Abe is who Abe is. So you're saying that he's probably more hard on Homer after Mona leaves. Yeah, and it's not and it's not Homer's fault at all, which is, you know, the whole point. But right. I think it kind of like goes into like a really deep psychological study of Abe Simpson as a character. He's he's that man who was if you look at it as a whole, like, okay, we're gonna strip that this fact that this is like an animated sitcom, right? It's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. But look at the character of Abe Simpson. But do a study of this man. He fought in World War II, he found a woman, fell in love, they had had a brief wrestling Career. Okay, we won't go there, but let's just plug in the more of the humanity or the normalness sure, of, yeah. of Abe trying to create that family. Although we don't know he did have a kid with another woman previously. Mm-hmm. He has every reason to be who he is because he's been through a lot and the times they were changing in front of him and he was kind of left behind just because of who he was. And so he lived through the era changing and his wife moving forward and him being stuck behind and having to deal with that with a son. Yeah, it's really an interesting, uh, the dynamic of that family of, because uh, that probably happened a lot to a lot of people mm-hmm. where it was, they just want to settle down and have the family, but then the women's revolution um, happened mm-hmm. and I don't know, I just think there was a lot of uh, depth in this episode for 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 Abe, who was not yeah, who I think you're really right. Part of this episode, but it's all Homer's memories, mm-hmm. which he can understand with uh, how he's trying to raise a family. He's trying to be there too, and I think that he kind of does sometimes a good job, but sometimes his own selfishness gets in the way. But right. yeah, so uh, what do we want to rate this episode? We'll give it seven out of ten serious putties, but I'm going to give it five out of ten silly putties. Okay, I am going to give it four out of eight diapers because diapers come in eight packs i don't know we don't have kids we don't know uh, I'm, I'm gonna say a four out of eight of whatever metrics that we're going on <laughs> it was good i like the emotional aspect of mm-hmm. it it feels a little shoehorned because they're trying for that whole inception parody that was my least favorite part the oh the first third before they got to that i thought it was some really mm-hmm. solid funny jokes and a lot of like dirty jokes so we talk about our favorite yeah. quotes and i think that i was so creeped out by homer's being sexy in the diaper <laughs> yeah that it might be my favorite favorite because it affected me the most i think that might be mine but i think the ending when uh, homer says woohoo i'm dry come on everybody feel daddy's underpants which is really uncomfortable <laughs> i think that might be my favorite yeah. quote of it but yeah the other one great one too do you have any other reviews from other people i do uh, i got two reviews here this one is from matt rocks one two three it's from february 15th 2013 he gave it a 9.5 and the only reason i'm gonna say is because it's short and sweet subject is hilarious it was great not giving any spoilers away if you haven't seen it great episode though not a review (laughs) so deep um this one 
again is a run on sentence and in fact i think so because there's there's no punctuation there's no period there's no capitals i like to read this this person gave it a 10 joe k b mala it's from september 16 2010 it's called the simpsons how i wet your mother is a subject line and here's the review this was another good episode i liked it when homer peed himself so much it went up to his shirt and i liked when they went back to the tracy ullman show i thought that bit was pretty good overall good episode better than some of the episodes I saw this season and the ending made me laugh then the spinning top stopped spinning when Homer and Marge decided to ride bikes naked. No no punctuation, that's why I read it like that. They're not wrong. No, they're not wrong. Just, you know, edit, man. Edit. Yeah, <laughs> edit. Other than that, anything else for this episode? I think that's all I got. Let's uh, take sure. a break. We'll be right back. When you were little, you dreamed you were big you must have been something, a real tiny kid. When you were big and needed advice, you reached for your mom, you dreamed me alive. And your dream had a name, and the name told your story. It's called Growing Up. You're the dream operator. And we're back from our break. Steve, last week you had a little game for me. And this week you have something for me as well. So uh, two weeks in a row I get to be played. I love it. That's right, Craig. So... In this week's episode, Homer visited Shameful Eddie's, the Embarrassing Problem Superstore. That got me to thinking, Springfield sure does have a lot of funny business names, so I thought I'd try and make my own. So here's the game. I'll give you three company names, and your job is to pick out which one I wrote and which two were created by Simpsons writers. For example, say it was House of Donuts, Lard Lad Donuts, or Do Not Go In There. Which one did I write? Do Not Go In There? Perfect. So you got the game. What do I win? The Admiration of Nobody. But here we go. Number one. Wait, how many, how many do I get? Uh, three examples, sometimes four. How many rounds is this? Uh, we'll say ten, but I have some bonus oh, ones okay. if you want. So to win the prize, how many do I have to get right? You have to get at least six. <laughs> All right. So number one, Toys Is Us, Toys L Us, and Toys Were Us. I'm going to say the third, Toys Were Us. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. No! I thought it was... That one was actually used in The Simpsons. I thought that might have been yours because Toys R Us is no more. Which makes sense, but no, Toys Is Us was oh, mine. Good job. I like so, it. Thank you. All right. Uh, number two, maybe a little bit easier. Uh, we'll go to fancy fashion stores. So we have Amber Crombie and Rich, Amber Crombie and Bitch, and Amber Crombie and the other guy. I don't feel like the Simpsons will use the word bitch, but they do use the word bitch. I'm going to say Amber Crombie and Bitch. You are Woo! correct. Woo-hoo! That's one for you. Keeping with the fashion theme, we have Banana Monarchy, Bandana Republic, or Banana Rama Republic. Uh, Banana Rama Republic. Woohoo! Oh, it's two for you. That's a plus. Feel like maybe I didn't do a good job. I remember the other two. Okay. Next we have Turban Outfitters, Keith Urban Outfitters, or Rural Outfitters. I feel like you would do the Keith Urban one, but the rural one sounds like you would do it too, because you wanted me to say rural, and I can't say rural. (laughs) I'm gonna say with Keith Urban. I think you created that one. Damn it. <laughs> Is that right? All right. Yep. 
So we're at I, three, three points. I'm keeping score here. Yeah, three and uh, one negative. Okay. Uh, next one is Muff Mart, Fur Burgers, or Pink Beardy Yogurt. It has to be Fur Burgers. That can't be a Simpsons. Woohoo! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, okay, let's try this one. The Sharper Markup, Things Unnecessary, or Broke Stone? It's a tough one. I think it's the first one. No! Oh, I win. I mean, I don't win. I got that one right. It was Broke Stone. What was yours? Broke Stone. Really? I felt like that was actually a Simpsons one. I didn't wow. see it, and I thought of it. No, so, good yeah. Job. Cool. The next one is... Plus four, minus two. The next one is Spiffany's, Neiman Markup, or Sex Fifth Avenue? Don't remember Sex Fifth Avenue. I think that's the fake one. Woohoo! Okay, another point Ooh, for Ooh, I'm you. at five. Only one more, and I win wow. this game, right? Yep. So we yeah. got seven down, uh, so there's three more to go. So the next one is Skybucks, Centronis, Java Lava, and Baklava, or Springfield's Best and Seattle's Worst Coffee. So these are all coffee locations. What was the first one? Skybucks. And then the next one was really wordy. It was Santroni's Java, Lava, and Baklava. And then the next one was... Springfield's Best and Seattle's Worst Coffee. I feel like that is a Simpsons joke, but I want it to be your joke because it's pretty good. So I'm going mm-hmm. with that one is yours. No! Okay, well, it was Santroni's Java, Lava, and Baklava. Was okay, mine. that was too worried. I, okay, that was good. So I just liked it because I wanted something with Java, and then I thought that Lava rhymes with Java, and then I thought Baklava was a clumsy rhyme as well. So then I looked up a Greek uh, volcano, which is Santroni. So there we go. It sounded too much like it should be a Simpsons joke. That's what I was going it was, for. It was so. when Harvard boys did that one, right? Good job. You got you stumped me. All right. Last one. Okay, two, I'll no, do one two more. more. Uh, two more. Okay. Hair she blows, Harry shears, or turn your head and quaff. It is the third one. No! Nope. It is what? hair she blows. It's a tight game, Steve. We got yep. one more. I'll give you categories. Sure. Okay. Uh, restaurants, home goods, or board games? Mm, let's do board games. Okay. So we have Rasta Monopoly, Edna Krabopoly, or Hungry Hungry Hippopoly. I think that's the one you came up with. Hungry Hungry Hippopoly. Woohoo! You got oh, it. Oh, I won the game. I got six. Well done. I will mail your prize <laughs> through Pony Express. Cash cash included? Sure. Well, that was a fun game. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it would be fun. I'll try and uh, write better ones. No, I think but... you did a good job. Last week's episode, we did the 21 question or the 20 question game. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be interesting if we bleep out the answer and have our fans try to guess it. Oh, all right. I don't know. We could do that. I feel like we need more family interaction, right? I agree, yeah. Um, that was one idea. Other than that, maybe next week we could come back with, oh, you know what, Steve, we haven't done in a while? What's Let's that? tease. Let's do a little movie casting again. Okay, yeah. Like fun, right? I like that. Let's do it based mm. on next week's episode because we already know it. Oh, we I like it. We have to include certain characters from a certain other Matt Groening animated show. Life in yes. Hell? Steve, next week we're going to talk about the season 26 episode, episode 6, called Simpson-O-Rama, the Planet Express crew travels to Springfield to stop the Simpsons family from destroying the future. It aired November 9th, 2014. So we got that looking forward to next week. It was my final pick for our completion of all 20 seasons that we are reviewing currently. So yeah, so next week for our closing bit, let's, uh, we'll come with something creative, right? We watch this episode, let's cast every character that's in this episode. Okay. Now, will we do the same cast that we've done before? Will we have a twist? I think it's up to 
to each of us to do that, but I think it would be fun to be creative. All right, let's be creative on this. Um, we'll give us ourselves a week to think of something fun, and I put this out there on air, so we, have <laughs> we got to, do to deliver. It. Yeah. So that's what we're watching next week, guys. Watch Simpsons Orama. Other than that, please contact us through our social medias. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. For this week, I have been half a host, Craig. And I've been your other half host, Steve. And we'll see you next Thursday. Bye. Bye. You are garbage made flesh.